Blog Talk Radio. Do you watch Fox News all day? Are you dizzy from conservative spin? Are you a birther or teabagger? You might be suffering from a condition called barachnophobia. If so, the only cure is Liberal Dan Radio. Thursdays at 8 p.m. Central on Blog Talk Radio. Warning, Liberal Dan Radio is not a substitute for doctor's advice. Severe cases of barachnophobia may require psychiatric help. This may prove expensive if Republicans repeal health care. Listening to Liberal Dan Radio may cause you to embrace things like facts, logic, and reason. If these symptoms last for more than four hours, you have been cured. For more information, go to liberaldan.com. Right, this is your host Dan Zimmerman coming at you from New Orleans, Louisiana. Now, at the beginning of the month, I had tweeted out that I was going to take the entire month of June off, but today there's some big news going on, and I would be remiss if I decided to not do this show today. And that is because Louisiana's Governor Bobby Jindal finally made it official. Uh, even though I think everybody who's been following him for a very long time knows that this is the ultimate goal and that this would be happening at some point during his second term uh, in the governor's office of Louisiana, that he would be announcing his uh, candidacy for president of the United States of America. Now, uh, and as somebody who ran against him previously, I ran against him in 2004, uh, did not get much help from the Louisiana Democratic Party, uh, they basically were willing to concede the election to Bobby Jindal because he, when he ran for governor in 2003 and lost, uh, he decided to move to the congressional district in which he got the most votes, or at least the highest percentage of the vote. Uh, even though technically it's not required of him, because uh, in Louisiana you need not live in a district that you serve, but he did it anyway. He moved to Kenner. Uh, Louisiana, and he decided that he was going to run uh, for Congress in that district. And, you know, because districts are gerrymandered, and you've heard me speak about gerrymandered districts on Liberal Dan Radio before, go check out the previous uh, podcast. You can go to iTunes, iTunes, uh, search Liberal Dan Radio on iTunes. Uh, you can also um, download, go to liberaldan.com, find the links to each of the shows, and uh, download each individual show directly from Blog Talk Radio as dot com as well. BlogTalkRadio.com slash Liberal Dan. You can also follow me there. You can follow me at Twitter at Liberal Dan Radio, Facebook.com slash Liberal Dan, or make sure to look at the website LiberalDan.com for uh, my other blog posts, show related or not. Um, now, so, so Jindal moved to the first congressional district of Louisiana, gerrymandered as it is. And he won heartily. And and I even told the Democrats, look, you know, you may not stop him from winning, but if you can chip away at his possible lead and make sure that he doesn't get as much support as he could uh, based off of what he was running on, then maybe you could work to prevent him from winning uh, the election for governor in 2007 that we all know he will be running in. Now, they didn't do that. They chose to just ignore the election. They just gave... Jindal a cakewalk in 2004 and 2006, and so basically in 2006, 
uh, he was ba he basically allowed uh, he was allowed to use uh, this his campaign for Congress as a campaign for governor, as a prequel of his campaign for governor. I might get to that a little bit later in the show. Um, but he ran, he won and ran in 2007. He won and ran again in 2011. And now, as most people who follow Bobby Jindal know, knew, he made his announcement for his candidacy for the presidency of the United States. Now, currently he polls not even 1%. Of course, that was before he was running. Um, I'm sure presidential campaigns time, what time they're going to jump into the pool uh, based off of some political strategery that might be going on. Maybe they think that you know, if they jump in before this happens or before that happens, that maybe that they'll be able to um, get a good wave, get a good burst of air underneath their sails and push them into the lead or push them into contention. Uh, whereas, you know, jumping in later, maybe it was too late. Jumping in too early and maybe uh, you run out of fuel too soon. You know, so whether or not his timing on it, only only time will tell uh, what his timing is or how good his timing will be uh, in this presidential election. Um, there's really no way for us to tell. Hindsight is obviously, of course, 2020. Um, but what we do know um, is what he's given us. Um, and the first thing I found out, before I get into his actual speech that he gave this afternoon, and I have some clips from that, and I'll go over some of the other things that are on his website, uh, some of the things he has stated, and just some, some of the kind of low-hanging fruit uh, about Bobby Jindal with my experiences with him. Um but the first thing, which I thought was telling, I mean, there's been polls out that come out, have come out that said that Bobby Jindal polls lower than Barack Obama in Louisiana. Louisiana is not too fond of Barack Obama. And I'm sure, you know, if it was a choice between Bobby Jindal and Hillary Clinton for president, for example, or Bernie Sanders or any other of the Democratic nominees, I'm fairly certain that Louisiana would bet, would go for Bobby Jindal. Fairly certain. Just because that's how conservative we are. But if you go to BobbyJindal.com, and it's the case right now, if you go to at Liberal Dan Rainer, you can see the screenshot that I took on my phone. There's, you know, there's a, several sidebar links that you can go to and to learn. First one is Meet Bobby. Next one is States with a little down arrow. So you can click on States and you can click on different states that are available. So you have Iowa for Bobby. Um, and it's a little form you can fill out. First, last, email, zip, phone call, you know, whatever it is. You have Nevada for Bobby. You have New Hampshire for Bobby. You have South Carolina for Bobby. Now, obviously these are early on campaign states. And Louisiana's primary is much later. And Louisiana's primary in the Republican primary is very weird. People paid attention to what happened last time. You, you have primaries, but then you also have caucuses on top of that. And winning the primary gets you, nets you less than 50% of the overall vote. 
So you can win the primary and still not get a majority of the delegates to the Republican convention coming from Louisiana, which is crazy. And then, and last time there was some rigmarole going on. Some ruckus took place because the people supporting Ron Paul um, pretty much got shut out, and there was a, a fight that almost went on, and it was, it was not pretty. But it's just a very weird – now, I'm not saying that the – you know – there are many weird things that happen in different states and how you choose the president to choose the presidential nominees. And I guess each party and each state is free to determine the methodology in which those delegates are assigned from that state to the national convention. So, and if you don't like it, either work within your own party to change it and, or make your own party to make it better. But I guess, you know, I don't, I don't believe that any, no third party candidate has been serious in forever. I guess the, 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 I think the the, close, the most recent third-party candidate I can think of was probably Strom Thurmond. That's just because of the fact that he actually had Dixiecrats running underneath him impacting the election and, and, and being elected as opposed to you know other third-party candidates who will run for president but with no down-ticket support. And how do you expect to win a presidency if you don't have down-ticket support? How do you expect to win one single electoral vote if you don't have down ticket support, if you had how if you get elected president and you don't have down ticket support, how do you expect to get anything done? You're never going to get anything done. But anyway, so I'm, I'm getting off the topic here, and the topic is, of course, uh, presidential candidate Bobby Jindal, who does not have a Louisiana for Bobby section on his page. And that's what I was going to do. Louisiana Governor Bobby Jindal does not have the Louisiana for Bobby section. On his page. It's crazy. Let's see. Top stories on Bobby Jindal's webpage. Seven things you didn't know about Bobby. Uh, Most people did know these things about Bobby. Um, His wife, I didn't know this one. His wife played hard to get. Um, I guess. If I were a woman, I'd, you know, play hard to get because I I don't necessarily see anything redeeming about uh, Bobby Jindal. Um, Let's see. In 1996, in the Mardi Gras ball date canceled, Bobby found Supira's number, called her and left a message saying, if you're married, delete the rest of this message, but if you're not, give me a call back. A few months later, Bobby proposed and the rest is history. Aw, how sweet. Um, he got his name Bobby from the Brady Bunch. Um, Dr. Jindal. Growing up, Bobby's dad said you can study forever you want in college. Um, you can be whatever, what kind of doctor you're going to be, is what he called up. Bobby always planned on being a doctor. Um, but as a college and pre-med, he took more of an interest in health care policy. Uh, I think he should have studied more. And we'll get to that in a second. Um, uh, Bobby was raised a Hindu, converted to Christianity, um, friends grew tired of trying to convert him, but they didn't give up. Throughout high school, Bobby wrestled with the Lord and his work that he was doing in his life. He dug out his Bible and read it cover to cover in high school while watching a grainy film about the crucifixion of Jesus. Bobby surrendered his life to Christ and never looked back. And there's some other interesting stories to say about Bobby Jindal, including, I'm sure, what will definitely come up is the exorcism that he took part in, uh, and his other writing about the, you know, let me tell you, there was this art, there was this ad that came out against Bobby Jindal 
uh, in two th- I think it was in 2007, uh, in that election. And it was dealing with that article that basically said that um, people can't be trusted to interpret the Bible, and therefore you... Um, you have to trust the Catholic Church because that's the only thing that's possible. Basically, people are too stupid to follow it. Now, it was so simple, and the, and the, the Democratic Party got it wrong. And, they, and instead of instead of making accurate hits on Bobby Jindal, the party wound up inaccurately quoting him, and as such, lost credibility in that attack, and probably lost the race then and there. Um, Bobby delivered his own baby, despite the fact. Uh, that his house was right down the street from a hospital, and they probably could have called an ambulance. Um, so there's, there's many other things. Uh, but let, let's go ahead, before I, I start talking about the rest of his website um, and all of the wonderful things that you know Jindal has done for Louisiana, which is a great big list of zero. Let's just start talking. Let's, let's see about some of the clips from his announcement um, and I'll, we'll discuss and criticize uh, what he has to say. And then we can go back to the website and uh, determine uh, why he's wrong there, too. Okay, so maybe not. I'm having an issue um, clicking on something, unfortunately. Uh, okay, there, was a, there we go. 44 years ago. A young couple who had never before been on an airplane. They left their home on the other side of the world to come to a place called America. They had never seen it. There was no internet to search. But they had heard the legend. There was a place in this world where people were free and the opportunities were real. They weren't really coming to a a geographical place. They were coming to an idea. And that idea is America. America. That's his idea. It was America. So, um, and this is actually an interesting thing to talk about because he. There are a lot of people who are not going to vote for Bobby Jindal, uh, and and those people are birthers. Those are conservatives, and they're birthers. Why won't they vote for Bobby Jindal? Well. According to certain birthers, in the arguments they were making against against Barack Obama, they said in a, in that, that there was a requirement uh, in order to be a natural-born citizen. Now, they're wrong about this, but in order to be a natural-born citizen, uh, you have to have both parents be American citizens. If both parents aren't American citizens, then you can't be president. That's not true. Bobby Jindal is a natural-born citizen because he was born in this country, and as such, that grants him citizenship. Which would be interesting to see Bobby Jindal on immigration and how he deals with dreamers. Granted, he's not; his parents were here legally, but dreamers or people or people who not necessarily dreamers, but people that were born here uh, with parents from another country, because those people are also citizens, and, and I'd be interested to see how he deals with, with those individuals. Um, so, it, but there's such a large birther grouping in, in, in the Tea Party, 
people who are absolutely opposed um, about, you know, they were opposed when Obama ran, and they had many different reasons. It wasn't just the fact that Obama's, both Obama's parents were not citizens, although that was, but that was one of them. Um, he, he, just, if, you, if you're not going to have those people supporting you, you're going to have a very tough time convincing the rest of the people that you are a good choice for president because they're not going to believe you're qualified. Now, again, I'll just, just to make sure that you understand and you're clear, I do not believe that Bobby Jindal lacks the qualifications to be president. He does. He is constitutionally qualified to be president. I just don't think he is. Um, lacks. I think he lacks the ideas necessary to be a good president. Simple as that. Um, so let's go to the second, second statement. We reformed our ethics laws. We went from one of the worst states to one of the best states in the country. And that is probably the biggest load of crap that Jindal has, will, will have said and will say in his campaign. And he will say a lot of crap. Now, Jindal will probably cite a study that ranks Louisiana the best when it comes to ethics laws. And, and what, it, what that study, study did was it compared similar laws across the 50 states and, and determined whether or not the state you know, was good on those things or bad on those things. And it turned out that of those things that were looked at, Louisiana may have the, like reporting requirements and stuff like that. But just because you have a reporting requirement doesn't necessarily mean that you're actually going to be have an ethical state. One of the things that this survey did not take into consideration, and I know because I asked them, I emailed them, I found out some information from them, and they responded back and they said no. This survey did not take into consideration the fact that the same set of ethics laws that Jindal passed to make things more transparent completely covered the governor's office in opacity. The Louisiana's governor's office was removed from the open records law. You could no longer go to, this, go to the Louisiana governor's office and say, I want to copy this. They could say, no, we are not covered by these sunshine laws. What? But I thought Louisiana was the most ethical state in, in, in the nation. No. You're kidding yourself if you believe if you believe that, because he made it possible so that he can get away with unethical behavior, so that he, when asked about whether or not, you know, why, why we can't look at certain things, is well, there's sensitive things in the governor's office dealing with negotiations that might deter those negotiations. Well, what kind of things could there be? Maybe promises based on campaign contributions. One of the first things, Louisiana, in Louisiana, you have campaign finance laws. These campaign finance laws in Louisiana 
have allowed corporations that are not casino-based to make contributions to campaigns. And it's with the same limitations as an individual. So if I'm a person, I could donate maybe five grand. If I own a corporation, that corporation can own five grand, can, 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 can give five grand. My wife can give five grand. My other corporations. Now, in Louisiana, you have a lot of, there's a lot of industries that operate like this. You have, you might have a shipping company, right? That shipping company might, you know, handle shipping goods and services or people to and from oil rigs, all right? So that the main, um, main company will take you know, and facilitate uh, the distribution of goods and individuals and people back and forth from oil rigs. However, that individual corporation won't own a single ship. It may coordinate with ships, but it's not necessarily going to own those ships. Each ship is its own corporation. Kind of like if you have like the profit center approach for a corporation. Like if you, you know, when I worked for another company, you know, you, you each little area was a profit center. So you charged another one for goods and services. But instead of it being just profit centers in one corporation, these are actually separate corporations. Each boat is a separate corporation. Each other part of the company that does certain services is another corporation. So I found one in like Cutoff, Louisiana. I think it was Cutoff. You had 11 different contributions from the same P.O. box to Bobby Jindal, which seems to me to be a clear circumvention. Now, Edison Schwest, one of the bigger companies that services oil rigs in the Gulf, they... Schwest himself was able to contribute over $100,000 of bundled campaign contributions to the Bobby Jindal campaign in 2007. Now, what did that get us in Schwest? Edison Schwest already had a very large contract with the state, apparently. And Jindal chose to continue that. But not only did Jindal choose to continue that, he, almost immediately upon entering office, got them a $4 million grant. So for $100,000 of campaign contributions, I think it was $130,000 total and change, I could be a little off, but it was definitely six figures in contributions. Schwest got four million dollars, seven figures worth of government funds. How is that <coughs> being ethical? Furthermore, in Louisiana, 
during those rounds of ethics law changes, they changed the evidence required to convict somebody <coughs> on ethics charges. They changed the rules from basically what amounted to a preponderance level to clear and convincing, which means you basically had to have criminal level of burden of proof to determine whether or not it is someone was behaving unethically or not, not just more likely than not. Bobby Jindal's ethics legislation that sailed through because everyone was like, oh, Bobby Jindal, Bobby Jindal. Made it more difficult to convict people on ethics charges. And as such, it made it easier for unethical people to get away with unethical behavior. What's the kicker is this. Now that you see if you see less ethics violations in a state, you might think to yourself, well, wow, they're really become ethical. But if you've reduced your ethics convictions because you made it harder to convict, then you haven't really become more ethical, or have you? Doesn't make sense. Jindal did the same thing with education. And I had a, I had a conversation on on a radio show that I called into, uh, I think it was New Orleans City Business, one of the editors, I think, of New Orleans City Business was on the show. And they were discussing Bobby Jindal's changing graduation requirements for high school. And I said, Jindal is only doing this. Jindal is only reducing the requirements to graduate high school so that years from now when he runs for president, he's going to say that he made he increased graduation rates in high, for high school students under his tenure. And then the person who was in charge of the New Orleans City business said, well, that's not going to happen. People aren't going to fall for that. I said, people fell for it when he made it harder to convict people for ethics charges, that people fell for it and, and believed that he improved the ethics laws in the state of Louisiana. And his response was basically, touche. Because he knew I was right. He was able to get away with it then. And he probably will be able to get away with it now. At some point during the campaign, you're going to hear Bobby Jindal talk about increased graduation rates. And it's going to be because he lowered education standards. Not because he improved education. It's much easier to say you're doing a good job when you lower the bar. Anyway. So that's the six-second clip on Jindal's ethics just got me on that entire spiel right there. So I could go on and on on Jindal and ethics, but there's more things to talk about. Um, so let, let's continue. We privatized our outdated government-run hospital system. Yeah, Jindal and health care. Um, when Jindal was head of the Louisiana Department of Health, this is one of the main. This is the first thing that he would talk about, especially when he ran for Congress. He also talked about it when he ran for governor, and surprisingly, it actually did not work in its first run for governor in 2003. 
is that he was the head of the Louisiana Department of Health, and as head of, under Governor Mike Foster, and, and under the under the Louisiana Department of Health, he turned a, a $400 million deficit to a $200 million surplus. And you might say, wow, that's awesome. Cool. But no. I can understand cutting the deficits to the point where you stop, where you get zero. He $200 million in additional cuts to run a surplus. What does that mean? That means it's $200 million that Louisiana could have spent on health care for individuals, but did not. He shut down clinics, rural clinics. He shut down access in rural areas uh, so that people would have to make longer trips. And if you're poor and on Medicaid, you're probably less likely to be able to make a trip to an urban hospital than you are to make a trip to your local clinic. So, again, he, he, his cuts, and I've talked with people involved in the Louisiana Department of Health at the time, and they clearly stated to me when I asked them, I was like, would you say that Louisiana's cuts when he was head of the Louisiana Department of Health made it harder for you to give the health care to people that needed it the most? And they said, absolutely. His cuts didn't help. And when he was head of the Louisiana Department of Health, Louisiana dropped from 48th to 49th to 50th during those two years. When Jindal came back to governor and put somebody else in that position, it again dropped to dead last. So why Jindal should be listened to on health care? Again, why I said maybe he should have studied more when it came to health policy? Because his actions are about slicing and dicing the numbers. They're not about getting the best results. Jindal's cuts did not provide the best results. If they did, if somehow magically cutting all of this stuff turned Jindal, turned, turned around the Louisiana Department of Health made it and would make it wonderful, then I wouldn't sit here and, and talk about him. I would sit here and say, uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't just find a reason to criticize him. I would say, look, good on you. And look, I'll tell you one thing, just as proof. Yesterday, Bobby Jindal, there was a problem in Louisiana law that was requiring some victims of rape to have to pay for their own rape kits. Louisiana signed, passed a law, Bobby Jindal signed it, stating that they don't have to do that anymore. And it's good that Jindal did that. And it's good that the state did it. I'm not the type of person who's going to sit here and try and find things about everything that he does just because I don't like him and I don't think he's a good person to be in elected office in any position. If he does right, I'll applaud him. I've spent very little of my time applauding Jindal during his political career. Let's put it that way. We reformed education with nearly 100% charter schools in New Orleans. And now we have statewide school choice because every child deserves an equal opportunity for a great education. But that's not what you get in New Orleans. I'll admit, my son goes to one of the best school charter schools in the city. One of the best. Fortunately for us, it is also a local neighborhood school. Not necessarily neighborhood, but it's in the same area of town. I live in Algiers. The school's in Algiers. The, uh, it's highly ranked. 
It's an immersion school. My son is learning how to speak Spanish in kindergarten. He's in first grade next year. He's one of the, according to the teacher, he's one of the best students in this class. He's doing wonderfully there. It's a good school. But just because my kid is benefiting doesn't mean I'm going to just turn my cheek, turn turn my head away and eh, forget all those other problems. My kid's doing okay. No. There are other parents in that school. Parents with like three children. Around the same age. Like all in elementary school. And even though there's a waiting program, a waiting, like not wait as in I have to wait for something, but wait as in heavier, lighter. You can weigh, your, your application to the school will weigh more if you have a sibling there. Even with that, there are parents that have to send their kids to three different schools. That's a lot of time out of your day. There are other kids who maybe their parents didn't go through all the hoops required to get into a good charter school. So maybe they have to ship their kids from one side of the river to the other side of the river to get an education. I'm just spending hours on a bus if you're in like third grade. Then hours on the bus on the way home. You don't have time to do extra school stuff. You don't have any. You don't. You just can't do it. You don't have. You have less time to do homework. You you, you don't. You're in the school with a, in the neighborhood with your kids that you could you know socialize with on non-school times. It's it's and you don't have parents in, in the neighborhood that are standing up and trying to fight for these kids. It's a very bad idea. Now, then, then you have the other situation where you have, you know, if you have one school board, you can audit that one school board. We don't have one school board. We have a school board, but we also have individual boards in every single one of these charter schools. Which means that if you want to go audit all these schools, and you have to pay a whole crap ton of money to audit them, each and every individual one. Does it make sense? It's not so these schools can get away with things that they may not be able to get away with if one board was running them. Again, my kid's school is great. I plan on sending my other kid there if possible, but I'm not guaranteed it. Let's see what else Jindal had to say about Instead of the child following the dollars, we made the dollars follow the child because we trust the parents, not the bureaucrats, to make the best decisions for their kids. The problem is, is that I can't necessarily make it. Now, again, as I said, I had to jump through hoops. There are certain things that I had to do to get my kid into this school. My kid had to get tested, might find a certain date, we had to pay certain Apple fees, this, that, the other. We had to do a whole bunch of stuff to get my kid into this school. So he goes there. Now, a friend of mine who works in other, worked at another charter school. There was a problem that took place between, you know, in the, in the classroom and the teacher had to discipline like a teacher would, you know, have, would have the authority to, would have to, had to go in there, had to deal with the issue that was happening. The parents were not happy with it. The parents made a stink. So, you have a charter school, a private charter school. Don't give me. It is a it is a 
schools are students can go there as if it was a public school because there's no tuition, but they're privately run. And they may be not-for-profits, but not-for-profit doesn't mean you don't run it like a for-profit. You can still give money uh, to the board. You can still get people who run the school, who own the school, can still get paid. So, and the amount of money that a charter school gets will be based on the amount of students that are there. So, as a parent... Are you going to want to do something that is going to, you know, you, you, if you don't necessarily like the things that's going on at school and you threaten to leave, well, the school leaves, will lose money if you leave. So instead of backing up the teachers, the school now has to, now, now will decide to back up the children as long as that decision doesn't mean more children, like if you had a holy terror and you had one, and you had one kid, you know, saying, "All right, well, you know, this kid is misbehaving and doing things that might be worthy of an expulsion," and these seven other parents says, "We're going to pull all of our kids to go somewhere else if this kid doesn't go," the school's going to expel the kid. But if you have one kid, maybe that's getting bullied by seven, and the parent of the one kid complains, and the parents of the other seven say. Our kids aren't doing anything wrong. We're going to leave our school if you don't keep telling our kids a bully. Again, the seven are going to stay because the incentive is to keep the money. So the school is going to be under the school is going to have the number one priority, not of educating your children, but will keep the money. So Jim can tout these schools all day long. It's not a good thing at all. The guy in the White House today, he's a great talker. We have a bunch of great talkers running for president. We've had enough of talkers. It is time for a doer. Show me one. Jindal is not a Jindal is a talker. He, people remember him. So, oh, but he's so smart. Oh, but he's so smart. Oh, he talks so well. Oh, he's such a good speaker. He's such a good orator. People always people are wooed. By Poppy Jindal's speaking ability, despite his coming around the corner when he addressed the president, that was just embarrassing. Like, I remember watching that. I actually tweeted that today. I was like, Jindal's campaign is starting off about as good as his uh, rebuttal to the president back in '08 or '09. Um, it was '09. So. He, uh, and, this, and I remember I was looking, I was like, looking at the screen, and I'm looking at the camera, I'm like, where's Bobby? What, what, what is he doing? Then all of a sudden, before, right before he came out, I realized, like, oh no, he's going to come out the corner, is he? And he came around the corner, and of course, I was watching MSNBC, and Matthews audibly was like, oh God, or whatever he said, you know, it was just, it was embarrassing. And then it's like, hi, I'm Bobby Jindal, and I drink milk. One day I'm going to be big and strong, and I'll try to become president. Ugh. Jindal's not a doer. One thing Jindal's doing is ruining the state of Louisiana. Now, some I don't think I have this clip, but he was talking earlier in the speech about 
jobs. Louisiana's doing so well on jobs because of him, and you know, more people are coming to the state than leaving. I don't know about the numbers about people leaving the state and coming in to the state. Oh, I can tell you for a fact is that Louisiana's unemployment rate is 45th of 50. That's not good. But here's what what makes it even worse is that remember back when they extended Louisiana, they extended unemployment. They passed a rule thing saying that you uh, that unemployment could be benefits could be increased. Now, but they didn't require the states to do it. The states had the choice. Louisiana failed to accept the extension of unemployment benefits, and as such people in Louisiana who are unemployed were more likely to more quickly fall off the rolls because how the count unemployment rates is the amount of people that are collecting unemployment compared to the amount of people in the total workforce. And the total workforce means people collecting unemployment plus people who are working. You're no longer counted if you lose benefits. As such, people in Louisiana would lose benefits more quickly than in other states, and as such would be less likely to be counted, meaning that Louisiana's unemployment rate would be artificially low. And despite the fact that Louisiana's unemployment rate was artificially low, we are still 45th in the nation. If that doesn't tell you how inept Bobby Jindal is, I don't know what does. Finally, they say we can't really repeal and replace all of Obamacare. But I'm the only candidate who has written a replacement plan, a free market plan, that focuses on reducing costs. I'd like to see that plan. I've actually tweeted at Bobby Jindal. I said, please, Bobby Jindal, let me, let me see the link. Because I don't see it yet. I don't know where it is. I can't find it. You have, like, where's, where's Waldo? Well, there's where's Bobby? Where is Bobby on his health care plan? I want to see it. I want to see the health care plan that Bobby Jindal has because it's probably very similar to the health care plan that Steve Scalise has on his website, and that health care plan is crap. One of the worst things about that Steve Scalise health care plan is that it takes um, it takes uh, high-risk people and puts them onto state high-risk pools. And if you live in Louisiana... We have citizens' health insurance. That's the, that's the health ins- that's the property insurance. It's the property insurance of last resort. So, what you have is, and, and, and there was huge problems with it. What were the huge problems with it? Well, you basically have high rates because the only people that can get it are people who are high risk because all the lowest people go somewhere else. And if you allow an insurer, if you force an insurer to take high-risk people without allowing them to offset low-risk, then you're pretty much guaranteeing failure. That's insurance works. That's how like your group plan works. That's why you have the same rate in your group plan with you in your, with your employer, uh, and it's the same cost as everybody else. Not because you're, held, you're higher or lower risk, but because there's a pooling effect where the low-risk people are, bring down the risks of the high-risk people, so they're kind of flat. So you flatten out the risk. So, so if if, 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 it's, if it is Scalise's plan, it would bankrupt states. It would ruin states. 
It would ruin them. Absolutely would ruin them. Okay. Let's just a little... But rest assured, I am tanned, rested, and ready for this fight. Tanned, rested, and ready. Now... seems to be harkening back to Nixon. Why? Let's see. Let's check Snopes. Well, it goes back to the 1968 um, claim that he might have actually said this. But really, Jindal, you're tanned, rested, and ready? Come on. That's ridiculous. Just stop it. There's a big country out here with millions of Americans who believe in God and are not ashamed to say so. Yeah, and those people are probably all Democrats, too. A bunch of them are Democrats. Because uh, Jindal was just ranting the entire, you know, I don't want to play the whole damn thing. But he was just ranting about how... uh, Democrats are trying to fight Christianity or whatever. People are, are, are you know, and, and that you could be smart and Christian. Well, you're sure there are plenty of smart Christians, and a lot of them are probably Democrats because they're smart. Um, of course, Jindal didn't say that, but I'm, I'll say it. There's more um, stuff about American freedom of religion, whatever. Let's let's see what he has to say because I have a few choice words about this one too. I'd be wary of a president who didn't seek wisdom from the Almighty. I don't know about you. I've met many smart people who lack wisdom. Yet Christianity, it is under assault today in America. The liberals, they have forgotten their history. Religious liberty is not some quaint notion from the past. It is fundamental to our freedom. That's why it is protected in the First Amendment to the Constitution. I want to say this slowly so that even Hillary Clinton can understand this. America did not create religious liberty. Religious liberty created the United States of of America. Did it? Really? Did it? Is that why, you know, even today Muslims have a tough time because, you know, they want to, people want to, um, discriminate against them? Is that why, uh, you know, people are often trying to say that Muslims can't open a, a cultural center in New York City because it happens to be close to where 9-11 took place in in Manhattan? Is that why Jews couldn't vote early on because of religious liberty, the so-called religious liberty that was founded in America? Now, Christian religious liberty, perhaps, but not liberty for everybody else. And Jindal seems to forget that. Either that or doesn't know his history. But again, I guess he said there, I guess there's a lot of uh, smart people who don't have common sense. So, let's... Uh, I'm looking at Bobby Jindal's page. Top achievements as governor. Government on a diet. A bunch of little catchphrases. You know, government on a diet. Um, Louisiana government was bloated and efficient and too expansive. Of course, Bobby Jindal wants to use 
government as his evangelical arm of his faith and push his faith on other faith on other people. It's not quite sure how that is a action of a small government person. Um, <coughs> since 2007, uh, Bobby has cut state government workers by over 34 percent, which is not necessarily true. A lot of his quote cuts were by attrition. So let's say there was an open position that wasn't had that hadn't been filled. He cut that position. So it wasn't money that we were actually spending. It was just money that might have been allotted, but we weren't spending it. So it doesn't take that much guts to cut a position that's not where the, that's not filled. He says tough fiscal decisions by the governor made and been rewarded with eight consecutive credit upgrades. Okay, great. You have credit upgrades. Wonderful. Credit upgrades. I wonder what's going to happen now that Jindal has uh, de- declined to veto uh, the reduction in film tax credits, which has already led to ABC and Disney basically saying, we're not going to come and do your st- any more projects in your state, which is going to – people are going to lose jobs and we're going to lose tax revenue. And guess what? Maybe we'll get a credit downgrade. But then again, Jindal doesn't care what happens. He didn't care that Louisiana's healthcare system was turned into a shambles because of his cuts. He just wanted the ability to say, hey, I caught all these stuff and I ran a surplus, and then get the hell out of Dodge. Because that's how he operates. He wants to make a big show of himself, so how wonderful he is, and then not stick around to deal with the aftermath. Again, he says Louisiana's, you know, we have more inward migration, maybe, but, you know, again, I haven't seen the quite figures on that. And he doesn't provide links to anything, so it's kind of hard for me to check to see that anything he says is correct. And I trust Bobby Jindal about as far as I can throw him. He, You know, and he is rather light. He's kind of small. I could probably throw him a little bit, but I don't even trust him that much. And new hiring under his administration, economic development wins have resulted in more than 91,000 new jobs and more than 62 billion in capital private investment. Now, but <coughs> he just did something to lose that, and his stances on gay marriage, on the Confederate flag—you know, Alabama freaking took its flags down today. The governor of Alabama said, and. and Jindal's going to hold on to the Confederate license plates because, you know, Louisiana likes to be last in everything. These things are causing businesses to just go away. Louisiana's, you know, fighting gay marriage, you know, wanting to make sure that, you know, you know, you know they were trying to pass this religious liberty law that went above and beyond the already existing religious freedom law. Above and beyond, you know, instead of protecting individuals and not-for-profit religious corporations like a church, he wanted to expand it to all businesses and be able to discriminate against gay people, which caused businesses to say, whoa, we might not be coming in Louisiana. We don't want this climate. But Jindal won't be here for that. Jindal won't be here for the aftermath. Jindal only does the things that are popular. He claims in his little speech that he gave, that he doesn't want people who lead from behind, that he wants people who are going to not you know, lead just because they do the things that they do because of a good polling numbers. 
he wants people to do things because they're the right thing to do. But he's really just going to govern by polling numbers, and he's going to do whatever it is he needs to do to get to that next step. Now, I don't know what it's going to take, what he's going to do. In the, I mean, the only problem with Bobby Jinder running for president is there's no higher office, governmentally speaking. What is he going to do? What will he do after if he wins? He won't win. But what do we do if he wins? There's, there, he won't know what to do with himself because there'll be no future presidencies. So there's, so maybe that's the only saving grace of a, of a general presidency is he won't have any incentive to drive us into the ground just to use us as a catapult to spring off into some other future endeavor. Maybe he wants to be president of the UN. I don't know. Probably not, but. Who knows what with Jindal. Um School in session, we discussed uh, school already, ethical dilemma. We've discussed the ethics issues uh, facing Louisiana um, and how he did not fix them. Jindal <coughs> um, enacted a single tax cut in Louisiana history by lowering income tax rates, restoring full deduction for excess federal itemized personal deductions, um, blah, blah, blah. Um, and, and of course, recently he he raised taxes, but well, not raising taxes because, say, Louisiana, you know, again, Republicans' ideas cutting are, are are cutting taxes so far that it hurts you, and then you have to find the money some other way. But you can't raise taxes because if you do, Lord Norquist and his dark lords of the Sith will come after you. Because God forbid you raise a tax when you need to. Again, one of Jindal's main things is going to be Obamacare. This is one of the main things that he's going to be talking about in this election. And he he's going to basically, you know, try and run on this. But again, he I, I haven't seen his plan. I don't know what it is. When I see what it is, I'll be more than happy to comment on it. I'm sure it's probably something similar to Steve Scalise's plan. I'm sure that it's going to be uh, nothing that's good. Now, he wrote an article praising Hillary Clinton in 1993. Hillary Care. Remember Hillary Care? That was what they were calling what Hillary Clinton was pushing for back when Bill Clinton was president. And then the Republicans came with something different. So what Hillary knew in 1993, this is an op-ed to Politico that Bobby Jindal penned, supposedly. So Hillary Clinton, back in 1993, had an employer mandate, but not an individual mandate. And then that was her way to achieve universal coverage. Back then, according to Jindal, both Hillary and President Bill Clinton believed that placing the responsibility primarily on individuals as employers to employers to obtain coverage could cause employers to drop their existing plans. Blah, 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 blah. But here's what Bobby Jindal forgets in that article. The Republicans of the day pushed for an individual mandate. That's what became Romney Care, the Republican plan that was opposed to Bill to, to Hillary Bill and Hillary Clinton's plan for health care reform was 
was the plan that was adopted by the state of Massachusetts by Republican Governor Mitt Romney, and that became Romneycare, and what became what was Romneycare became Obamacare. So Bobby, what Bobby Jindal is basically saying is he supports the Hillary Clinton plan, but he doesn't support the Republican plan. But yet this somehow makes him a better conservative and consistent. How? No, it's because you have to wrap yourself in knots to try and fight Obamacare because if you're a conservative, because you can't admit that Republicans supported it in the past without blowing your own cover. Healthcare, your, your Obama's $18,000 supposedly broken promise. Uh, during his campaign, one of the Senator Obama's most audacious promises was this health plan would reduce premiums by $2,500 for the average family. Now, again, this was average family and as actually the quote is if you quote him correctly Jindal is not quoting him correctly he forgot two key words it's by up to $2,500 now I will freely admit that these are all Weasley words Barack Obama when selling his health care plan during the campaign which is not the plan that was, plan that was passed by Congress because again you're a president, you're not a dictator, you can't just impose your will on Congress. Congress has to pass what it wants to pass. Now, Obama can work with them to try and pass something that he wants as close to what he wants, but ultimately, at the end of the day, he has to convince a majority or a supermajority, in this case, senators to go behind, to go with him on this deal, so he has to make some concessions. So it's ridiculous to suggest that Obama would have to keep that exact plan that he ran on in uh, as the one that he signs with his pen or with many pens as politicians ridiculously do so but again the, he but Obama's quote was still his health plan reduced premiums by up to $2,500 for the average family so if you're not the average family you may or may not get up to $2,500 but even if you are the average family you may get up to $2,500 in savings. And this, and again, it's talking about reduced premiums, and then he goes back and he starts talking about out-of-pocket expenses. Americans have faced a cumulative $6,388 per individual and $18,610 per family in higher overall costs because of this. Now, even if Obama could very well be true, I mean, I don't have the exact figures in front of me, but there's a difference between what premiums you pay and what costs you have. Now, there are things that Republicans used to support, low-premium, high-deductible plans with an HSA attached. That's, what, that's one of the things that Republicans pushed. Those sort of things may have lower premiums, but at the end of the day may result in higher health care costs because you have to get because there's there's a deductible that's higher that you have to reach so when you as you're getting to the point where you're paying that deductible you know you're having more coming out of your pocket and then when you get to that deductible you still have to reach your max out of pocket for yourself then you might have to reach out of, so the max could could potentially be bad but it, that's it's a choice 
that a family might have to make. Do I pay lower premiums? If I'm an average family, do I want to take the lower premium plan that could save me up to $2,500 in premiums and take the risk of suffering more long-term, higher costs out of pocket? Well, that's a choice that people can make under the exchanges. But the idea that Obama somehow was lying, this, this, this is just the dirty politics at play is you're trying to say that somebody's lying because by comparing two completely different figures. Completely different figures. If you can't criticize somebody for stating that there's going to be premium savings by... And then criticize. You can't say that you know, somebody was wrong because they said you were going to save with the premium by showing that how out-of-pocket expenses have increased. You can criticize the fact that you can criticize if out-of-pocket expenses have increased, but don't say that he was wrong because of premium expenses. Now, if his premium expenses weren't right, then criticize him on that. But that crossing the streams that they're doing there, it's, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. So get another one of Bobby Jindal's lies that he, that he, you know, trying to make it seem that Obama was lying, but it's actually Bobby Jindal that's lying. Okay. Bobby Jindal sends op-ed to the, quote, Verody file. Another broken promise, Obamacare and abortion. In an exclusive op-ed given to the Brody file, Louisiana Governor Bobby Jindal says President Obama doesn't care about following the law when it comes to host of issues, uh, despite including abortions with taxpayer funds, including, including his assistance, that it will never happen. So let's see, what does Jindal have to say here? Um, last week, the non-government governmental accountability office released a report highlighting all the ways in which Obama administration has violated the law. Blah, 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 blah. GIA found over 1,000 insurance plans provide coverage of abortion procedures and that all of these plans are eligible to receive federal subsidies. So, the thing is, is that you're basically attaching these things as riders, and it, it depends on how you look at, look at money. Do you look at money as, you know, and Republicans like to look at money, I guess, as one big giant pot. Money goes all into one big pot, it comes out of one big pot. And you can't segregate the pot, even though you can prevent people from smoking the pot. Um, so you have a, a situation where, let's look at the Hobby Lobby case, for example. Um, actually, it's actually it's not an example of the Hobby Lobby. Hobby Lobby case is actually an example where they're hypocrites on this issue. So they're, what they're saying is that money, if it goes to the same place, it's 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 this should be treated the same thing. So if if I get a rider attached for, that allows abortions that's attached to a, a plan that was paid for by subsidies, according to Republican logic, that plan is now paying for abortions. But if I am going to, you know, get paid money from an employer. If I pay all the money as a pre-tax deduction, 
on my health insurance, then it's me paying for it as a salary. But if they're if they're paying for it and you know not putting it as a pre-tax expense, then they supposedly are paying for it. When it's, when in reality, um, it's always me paying for it. And I've talked about this on the show before too. But you know, basically, what it comes down to is the is the money all in one pot? Well, let's ask the question: Is it screwing women over by saying it's all in one pot? Yes, it's all in one pot. Is it screwing women over if you're saying it's not in the same pot? Like, no, it's not in the same pot. So again, Jindal gets it wrong because, again, it's, most, it's more important. I'm not going to hear it. I've said that the theme of the show recently has been it's more, popular, more important to be popular than just to be right. So it's more, more important to be popular to attack President Obama for violating some promises on premiums by exposing increased out-of-pocket costs, even though you're not right. Claims that Obamacare is, is anything but compassionate. He's claiming that the Medicaid expansion prevents people from working. I don't know about that. I don't want my kids on Medicaid. I don't want my kids on, my, on, on, a, on a good health plan from work. So I'm not prevented from working because my kids for a little bit happen to get Medicaid just because of the fact that I was unemployed. Oh, no. But the other thing is just that, you know, Jindal, in his infinite wisdom, or lack thereof, denied... The Medicaid expansion. By doing so, he denied many people in Louisiana and shoved him into the donut hole. And I was one of those people where I made I didn't make enough money. I made I, I made too much money to qualify for Medicaid, but not enough money to qualify for a subsidy. Because the Supreme Court and their stupid ruling. So, Jindal hurts more people in Louisiana by making a political point. And what does that get Louisiana? Worse off than it was before Jindal. And there's more. You could go to Jindal's webpage and you could find uh, all these op-eds on repealing. But of course, he doesn't list the replacement. I cannot find the replacement plan that he has for um, what Obamacare would become. He has a link that says, a strong, safe, a strong America is a safe America. Um, but he, it's a petition. America's statue in the world has drastically diminished Unfriendly nations pushed the Obama administration around, and the president himself were not call out radical Islamist enemies we face, well, even though he has. Uh, we need to restore America to a place where enemies fear us. They do. Uh, and the French trust us. They do. So return us to what we are now. Uh, sign the petition if you think a stronger America is a safer America. How about sign the submission if I think you're full of crap? You're full of crap. I guess this is a way to say, all oh, these people signed my petition. Doesn't necessarily mean they support you. Mr. Jindal, uh, Governor Jindal, I guess. 
And, you know, I don't even want to get into the whole weird surveillance camera, real world, Big Brother, CBS Big Brother type of announcement that he gave on his website. You can go watch those things for yourself. I saw one of them. It's just kind of, it's kind of creepy. If, uh, if you ask me, it's, it's really kind of creepy. But, again, Jindal does things that are weird. Again, he comes 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 around the corner in a weird, weird, weird way. <laughs> you know, said, oh, look, here I am. I'm, I'm going to talk about Obama now, and I'm going to be wrong yet again. So anyway, there are going to be a lot of opportunities to discuss Bobby Jindal and all of the things that he's done for Louisiana or to Louisiana. Um, I have I have a book in me. I probably should go ahead and start sitting down and writing this book because there's just so much that's out there. And if he's in this race for any significant amount of time, I could potentially have something out there. Maybe it would sell. Who knows? But the bottom line is this, is that, you know, I could not just sit back and not do my show despite my taking a month off uh, while this is in place because there's just so much information out there that needs to be said. And honestly, I mean, I don't mean to sound, you know, crass or I don't mean to sound high and mighty on myself, but I, I know a lot about the man. I know a lot about Bobby Jindal. I know more than a lot of people do. And it would be selfish of me if I were to just keep that information to myself. And I'm going to encourage every one of you, if you're listening to this right now, if you're listening on the retweet the tweet that advertise any tweet that advertises this show. Uh, follow me on Twitter. Um, you know, say that you retweeted it. You know, let me know that you retweeted it. Um, I'm gonna have. I used to have for my old blog a "Don't blame me, I never voted for Jindal" bumper sticker, and I may have another one as well that I might create for people who maybe not 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 for people in Louisiana that that still might um, not be convinced that he's the best one, or if you just want to promote the show as well. Um, I'm going to be. What I'll probably do is I'll probably mail out, you know, maybe like 50 or 100 or so. Um, we'll see how it is. But if, if, you, if you retweet this show, follow me on Twitter, follow me on Facebook, just show me that you're following me, and I will go ahead, and once I get those made up, I will send them out to you. Um, and, if, and, if, and, if, and if I reach the max that I'm going to send out, you know, maybe 50, maybe 100, um, if I reach that max, then, you know, I still have your, you know, you'll still have my gratitude when it comes to, um, you know, your support of the show. Um, and I, I'll appreciate it because this is going to be, there's a lot of information. There's a lot of stuff to talk about between the issues going on with Charleston and all of these moves to take down Confederate flags and to take down, uh, Confederate statues, monuments, what have you. Um, there's going to be a lot of things to discuss in, in, in the weeks and months to come, uh, above and beyond the presidential election, and there's going to be a lot of things to discuss in this presidential election very early on in the election. There's going to be a lot of things to discuss there, and especially when and when Bobby Jindal comes up with stuff, I, I, 
you, you, this liberal dating radio should be your first place to go uh, when it comes to information about Bobby Jindal and, and to get knowledge about him because, again, I was not helped at all by the state Democratic Party here in Louisiana when I ran against him. I had to find all this information out myself. So I have a plethora of information that I would love to share with you. And just so again, retweet this. Um, let's let's help spread the word uh, about this show um, and about you know all the information that people can get about Bobby Jindal's presidential campaign and about any of the other campaigns that I happen to talk about during the course of this election. Um, but again. Um, I'm going to go ahead and call it in for this week. I don't know which – I may go back to Wednesdays next week. I may resume it with Thursday. I may go back to the Thursday time. I really haven't made up my mind on this at the time. But, again, if you follow me at Liberal Dan Radio on Twitter or Facebook.com slash Liberal Dan, I will go ahead and um, make the announcement there uh, for next week um, as to what day next week the show will resume full-time, do it at least once a week, Every week, um, because this is this is starting again. This is a very interesting territory. Uh, I definitely just needed a break between my new job and stuff going on. You know, you know, <clears throat> other parts of my life, um, which are all good, but it's just I've been a little tired recently. But again, this just I had to come on the air. I had to talk about this because um, I just couldn't let this one wait another week or week and a day or so. So anyway. Go to Liberal Dan Radio, uh, at Liberal Dan Radio on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Liberal Dan, Blog Talk. You can follow me at blogtalkradio.com slash Liberal Dan. You can always go to liberaldan.com as well. So until sometime next week, you can follow me on any of my social media forums, and you'll see the announcement there. Uh, this is Dan Zimmerman, Dan Zimmerman with Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left. That's right. Let me let me uh, cut into the show for a second, just because. Um, hold on, it's, the music is not stopping. I do have a phone call, surprisingly enough. Um, so, caller, uh, you're on the air. Yeah, I was just listening, just calling in, seeing what the show's about. Oh yeah, um, well, I mean, I pretty much just finished up uh, with with what my topic was for the day. But um, you know, did you have a comment or question about uh, Bobby Jindal's campaign announcement? <laughs> oh man, I didn't well, expect that. But well, that yeah, was that, that was the topic the of the show today. So, oh okay. Well, yeah, gentle announcing. Yeah, that would be the comment. Laughter. Okay. Well, I think that's the perfect way to end the show. Just the idea of Bobby Jindal as president should make everyone laugh. Although it should make everyone a little bit scared too. Not that I think he's going to be actually anything good. But you know, hey. Um, as, as I said a little bit earlier in the show, if you you know follow me on Twitter at Liberal Dan Radio on Twitter, um, if you uh, um, retweet this this um, and you know follow me there, I'll, I'm I'm going to be giving away some some bumper stickers, or whatever. Just um, follow me, send me a private message, and I'll try and get back to you with with that as well, with an, with an option or two of what I might be giving out. Sound good? All right, man. Have a good one. All right, thank you. Tune in next week, and I'll be definitely be talking about this and other issues as well. All right. All right, have a good one. Bye. Bye.
Well, again, it would be bad for me to not uh, take a call from a caller that just happened to jump in when I still had technically 15 minutes left in the show. But, um, again, I do want to encourage everyone to, you know, again, follow me at Liberal Dan Radio on Twitter, uh, Facebook.com slash Liberal Dan, uh, blogtalkradio.com slash Liberal Dan as well. And as we heard, the best response to the question of what do you think about Bobby Jindal's presidential thing is laughter. Um, I might have to isolate that clip because that's pretty damn funny. All right, again, until next week, this is Dan Zimmerman with Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.